Listeners, my next guest live on the telephone is Paul Bernal, who joins me from the University of East Anglia. Paul, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Excellent. Can you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell me a little bit about what you teach and what you're involved in, please. Sure. Um, I'm a, a lecturer. My, my official title is Lecturer in um, Information Technology, Intellectual Property and Media Law. Mm-hmm. Um, I specialise in internet internet law, really. Um, privacy is my... is what I've done the most of, and I've, I've written a book called Internet Privacy Rights that was published last year. Um, I teach a wide range of things, and I teach not only law students, but I teach politics students and uh, people studying broadcast journalism, amongst other things. Brilliant. And you're worth every penny on the internet, I have to say, on the Twitter, because I I'm just so enjoy your musings. Yeah, uh, tw- Twitter is one of my favourite <laughs> things. Um, I, I be, I'm, I'm one of those very rare people who's actually published an academic journal article about Twitter, oh. um, about defamation on Twitter in this, this particular case. But I, I think social media is increasingly important, and I suspect I'll find myself teaching a little bit more about that in the future as well. Well, I'm delighted to hear that, I have to say, because I think it's where it's at. Um, Can you just tell me where we are in the grand landscape? There's a lot going on. There's uh, snoopers, charters, there's uh, things bouncing around the internet and uh, an an almighty mess. And I'd just like to have some clarity from you, if I may. That's some of the the critical issues right now. And it's really interesting. This is a time when a number of big things are happening. We've had the FCC in the US um, make a statement on net neutrality in the last couple of days about effectively one aspect of freedom on on the internet in terms of how uh, corporate bodies can control how data flows Um, and they they seem to be moving in a way that promotes freedom. We've had um, just now a ruling that GCHQ's um, surveillance in the past was illegal um, which is a, a really remarkable ruling. We've had the government try yet again to bring in the snoopers charter which effectively would allow them full surveillance of um, almost every internet activity. They've tried twice in the last two weeks to bring it back in and failed twice mm. um, for, for, I think, very good reasons, reasons that should give us um, a great deal to be optimistic about. Good. And um, as well as all that, we also have the, the joys of Google and the right to be forgotten that's also um, getting exciting right now. Google have just effectively tried to say, well, we'll do a little bit of it, but we won't do another little bit of it and, and things like that. All of this is really about the same thing, which is to what extent we as individuals can act freely on the internet and take advantage of things like social media without feeling that either what we do is going to be watched by governments and other authorities or manipulated by criminals or exploited by commercial organizations laudable absolutely 100 percent on you with that my worry and my concern is that for um society in the uk let's just deal with that for the moment uh, although we'll have listeners across the whole planet let's just deal with them in the uk for the moment paul need to be informed so that they can make the appropriate decisions and my concern is that that information is not as free-flowing as i would like no, and I think you're exactly right. And, and one of the really interesting things about this ruling um, about GCHQ's surveillance, it's the only reason we have this ruling is because Edward Snowden revealed information that the authorities were effectively trying to hide. Once it came out into the open, it could then be challenged and then it could be 
um, that it could and, and was shown to be illegal. So how much more is there that they're doing that we don't know about? And how do even people like me who, who study this stuff get our information out to the public? I think there are two ways to look at it. One is now privacy stories are headline news. This ruling has been headlines in all the newspapers and on the BBC. Mm. A few years ago, this would be viewed as a little bit of technical geekery mm. that would be hidden away on page 17 of a, of a newspaper and, and barely make it onto to, to broadcast news. So there's a lot more interest in the subject. And that means people will be more informed. That means people are a little bit more wary of being of accepting what they're told and will dig a little bit more. And then when you add into that the fact that the social media is there so you can find out information that you that you previously would not have been able to find out because it either it wouldn't make it onto the BBC or the mm. Times or whatever. Mm. Um, you can find it if you if you're active on social social media and increasingly people are active on social media, and young people in particular. Um, I think one of the um, concerns that, um, how can I describe them, authoritarians within governments yeah. have is that young people are out of control. And people have had that feeling about young people as far as uh, as far as far recorded history. I mean, in, yes. even back into to, um, ancient times, people worried that the young people were, were rebellious and out of control. And what we have to, to do is to understand that that rebellion and out-of-controlness is a good thing and actually can be the secret to, to making our society work better and making our internet work better in particular for the future. So does the average individual do, do I need to be concerned? Should I be welcoming the Prime Minister to this conversation? Good evening, Prime Minister, and thank you for listening. Uh, are they? Do, do I really need at that kind of micro level... Does an average citizen need to be that concerned? Well, it depends. I mean, I think this is one of the big questions. People think, oh, it's only the bad guys um, who need to worry about being watched or that it's only people in danger who need to worry about about, about being watched. Um, for example, I mean, they always claim they're, they're doing it all to catch terrorists and so on. Sure. Um, but also you wonder if you are a victim of um, domestic violence. Do you need to worry about your... Uh, the person who wants to attack you, finding you, and so on. Um, I think there are ways that we individuals, as individuals, of any kind of individual need to worry about it. There's the commercial side that um, by being watched, they can make decisions about us um, that affect our job prospects, our credit ratings, our insurance um, costs, and, mm. and so on. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that sort of surveillance has a big impact on on pretty much everybody, the prices you pay for things and so on. There's also a suggestion, and, and the recent government um, um, initiative in the UK about domestic extremism mm. um, actually could potentially encompass almost all of us. If you've ever been on a protest march, are you a domestic extremist? If you're a football fan, are you a domestic extremist? Because you might potentially have contact with people who might potentially be um, football hooligans. Mm. If you're a member of a trade union that might be active, could you be a domestic extremist? And then when you add all these things together, the government, for example, was publicly doing surveillance on anyone interested in badger cull protests mm. um, last year. Is that, an ex is that something that, that we should feel that they, they, they're right to do? Or, I mean, what they actually said they wanted to do with the badger culls, they wanted to monitor Twitter to head off badger cull protests. Those are the words they use mm. to say they wanted actually to stop us protesting, exercising our, what I would consider to be very much our 
de democratic and, and civil right. And we have to understand that, that this isn't about just privacy. This is about what we do. This is about how we act, who we meet, where we go, and, uh, and so on, and what we say. I think it's easy sometimes people think surveillance is about privacy. It's not. It's about, it's about life. It's about freedom of expression. It's about all, all these other things. So, yes, I think we do need to worry. But there are a couple of things that work very much in our favor, in the favor of freedom. Mm -hmm. One is um, that, so far at least, the authorities aren't actually very good at this. They, they try very hard, but they seem to actually um, often have less competence than um, than we do, than, than ordinary people do. Now, that's one side of it. The other side is that they're, they're, they seem to have been seduced a little bit by the, the kind of big data argument, mm. that the more data they've got, the easier it is to do things, they can get all kinds of extra information. And the result is they get so much data, they get rather swamped by it, mm. and they fail to do to, 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 to actually deal with individuals appropriately at all. I mean, mm. actually, there's a very strong argument that the, the mass data gathering that they did might actually even be counterproductive mm. in relation to catching terrorists and so on they knew about all the recent terrorist cases they knew about the individual people involved in the charlie hebdo shootings in paris in the lee rigby murder in woolwich in the um sydney siege in mm. the boston bombings they knew about them all but because they were spending their time dealing with mass surveillance rather than actually doing old-fashioned surveillance mm. They kind of dropped them. So I think I think we have that thing. We have that. We have the, the fact that there's so much out there. And mm. We have also the fact that things move so fast, and that young people, in particular, use newest technologies in in ways that that the authorities don't understand. That actually we kind of sidestep it to some extent. So I'm worried in one way. Lots of bad things happening, but I'm optimistic in another way because we can often find find a way, and they're they're not as good as they think they are at this kind of thing. I'm one, frankly, honestly pleased at that. Um, I'm also surprised that the last bill was defeated in the Lords. It's not the kind of place that one would expect such resistance to be present. But uh, a number of honourable gentlemen and ladies, I thought, spoke excellently on the subject in a very well-informed fashion. And uh, for once, I thought, my goodness, this is a good uh, check and balance to the process. And that yes, kind of... and, and it's been that way a, a few times. There are there are some people in the Lords who are very who are very very good and are very very well informed. And I would say also that that civil society organisations like the Open Rights Group, which I'm involved in, and Privacy International, they actually work well with the Lords. And the the interesting thing is that that there are people in the House of Lords who are more willing to engage with civil society mm. than most MPs are. And because the Lords are less dependent on yes. their, their party machinery, they're more willing to go against the grain. I mean, the problem is with, with, with all politicians in general, they don't actually understand what it is they're making decisions about. Mm. And that's even more so in in terms of technology than it is in other areas. But, I mean, in pretty much every area, there, there are areas. When you listen to, to some of the, the politicians talk about education, for mm. example, it's very clear they don't actually know what they're, they're really making decisions about at all. Um, but with the, with the Lords, there's a certain sense that if you find the right people and talk to them and they talk back to you, then you can you can actually get some and there are some people there are some very very technically able people in in the lords as well people who do understand um the technology whereas there i think there are 
I would I think you could probably count the number of MPs who really understand what's going on on the internet on the fingers of one hand and that's probably being optimistic. That is good and refreshing to hear I'm absolutely sure on that. Um, let's just bring this back to Safer Internet Day which is a, a worldwide celebration of empowerment and also education and, I, and I'm yes. listening to you very carefully and thinking that the only way we're going to solve all this is to carry on teaching, informing and giving everyone the widest yes. possible exposure to these kinds of environments so they can make their own decision because I guess eventually society will make the decision for itself. Yes, and, and I think that's, that remains the, the, the main reason for, for optimism, that, that actually it's society as a whole that, that kind of has control and the internet um, works that way, that, that governments can try and do things to control it, but actually if people go against them, governments can't do very much. I mean, you witnessed the, the, the fights over the last um, decades, mm. really, over to to block illegal downloading of music Hmm. um they keep trying people keep finding ways to do it the only way to deal with it properly is to find an alternative that people accept and people like they can keep fighting it playing what the americans would call a game of whack-a-mole you know where yes indeed indeed. they keep coming up in in different holes and they keep bashing them but they're coming up again every other time um i think i think the optimism um the, the, the good thing is that uh, when you teach this stuff, I mean, mm. my experience of teaching my internet law classes to my students, there's a there's a there's a, a proper two way interaction because my students, being much younger than me, generally know stuff that I don't know in terms of the actual technology. They're the ones who actually spend their time using the new things, um, things like Snapchat and WhatsApp. Um, I don't know that much about. They do. I know the theory. I know the questions to ask them. They know the the, the reality, and if the, those things work together, you get a, a kind of really positive outcome. I can learn from them as much as they can learn from me. But it's the it's the interaction that works mm. together, and that's kind of what, where I see my role to to point them in the right direction. But then they use their knowledge and their understanding and their experience to see to see where it goes. And it's those people. I mean, I teach I teach undergraduates, mm. but we do occasional sessions for um, sixth form students mm. who are thinking of coming into to, to, to university. And I used to do some teaching of of kids, um, younger kids. And I think it's it's the same at all these levels that there's so much that's being done by young people that needs kind of it's not exactly steering. It's more. And giving them ideas about what the issues could be, then they use them with their experience to find a better way forward. Do you think that the internet industry is correctly and appropriately policing itself insofar as kind of inappropriate material, um, uh, child abuse images, the kind of topical discussion that will be rattling around the main kind of media outlets today? That'll be what catches most of their attention, you know, the illegal downloading yeah. of um, of child pornography, really. And, and the Prime Minister, and, and, on occasions, uh, just will muddy the water to suit his I, own needs. I think it's a, it's a very complicated issue. I, yeah. I, I'm very much against the um, internet filtering systems that have been pushed by um, our current government onto the um, ISPs, okay. trying to get them to use a default on filtering system. And I'm against them for, for a number of reasons. One is that in practice, they both over-censor and under-censor. They block things that they really shouldn't. Really critical things like sex education sites um, and so on are have been effectively blocked by these filters. And at the same time, they don't really work against the serious stuff. 
Mm. And anyone who's seeking out the serious bad stuff will still be able to find them regardless of these systems. I mean, my my instinct is that that we're more worried about them than we should be. Mm. Now, um, not to say that they're not really hideous and horrible and and, and devastatingly damaging mm. when they when they come up, um, but that most people don't encounter them that uh, account of I mean, frankly, I've never accidentally found anything that's yeah. disturbed me, Indeed. except back in the 90s when I was, um, before any of this happened, and I was searching for, uh, for bobcats, the, 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 the cute animals, and it turned out that bobcat was a code word used by um, a certain group of, um, I think actually they were running some kind of a prostitution ring in California and I got a whole load of images that I was surprised by. Now that sort of stuff doesn't happen anymore no. because we have got our some of our filtering filtering system working and our junk mail filters, filters work and, and so on. Um, so I, th- I think for most people, most of the time the internet is, is pretty safe anyway and what we should be working on, working more towards, is um, helping kids to be savvy rather than safe not 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 blocking things not wrapping them up in cotton wool but but actually being aware of the sorts of things they might find and how to avoid them being aware of issues like privacy and and not giving away information being clever enough to know to be aware that the people that they meet online are not or may not be what they seem and frankly i think i think young people mostly are better at that than we think Mm -hmm. and i think there's there's Things like cyberbullying, I'm more concerned about than I am concerned about um, the, the the images, and that's more about actually kind of social education than it is about technical education, because it's merely, I mean, it's not, it's it's a transposition yes. of. Uh, of a of a real world problem into a new into a new environment, and we need to be able to understand the real world problem first better, yes. rather than than think it's something different and technical. Yes, it seems it's often too convenient for the government for their own purposes to um, to paint both things with the same brush. And yeah, think- and we we have a there's a there's something I call silver bullet syndrome. We 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 keep thinking that here's a problem. All we need to do is to find the technical solution, and it's gone. Mm. Like uh, the, 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 there's a, a lot of discussion about Twitter trolling at the moment. And, yes, and the the heads of t- Twitter were told were, were saying we're pretty crap at dealing with 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 trolls. And yeah, they are. But one of the main reasons they are is because it's really really difficult to deal with. Because how do you tell a troll from someone making a joke? How do you tell um, if somebody reports abuse? Do you know that it's, that it's really abuse? Or is it actually an abuser reporting the person they're trying to that they're, they're trying to abuse? Because best way to to, to mm. threaten somebody is to get them blocked. You get them blocked by accusing them of being a troll. What is trolling anyway? We don't know any of these things because it's really hard, mm. and we need to accept. I mean, I think I think one of the the, the, the current things we need to accept that the internet's a bit of a mess. Mm. But that that mess may be actually a uh, just the nature of things. Mm. You can't have a clean system that's creative, always growing, international, having this many people. You can't make it clean. If you make it clean, you destroy its whole its whole livelihood. What you need to do is to be able to manage it, to be able to to to, to look after yourself in some way. And that's Indeed. that's about about again education but education in terms of um 
kind of social education as much as as much as anything else brilliant thank you very much indeed i've so enjoyed your students are privileged i have to say i could spend hours and hours in your company and i hope we get another chance uh, to chat fairly soon you're a, a mover and a shaker sir and i've really enjoyed that <laughs> thank you very um, much. listeners if you want to follow this amazing gentleman he is at paul bernal uk on twitter and that is worth every second of your time for the moment paul thanks for joining us today thank you